Dear listeners, this is not the full film of Girls in Panzer Der Film. This is a review of the English dub of the film. The film is available on home video from Sentai Filmworks and on High Dive in the U.S. and Canada. If you leave a comment asking us where it is, you will annoy other people, but our metrics will thank you for it. Phew, I managed to fend off that last attack. Now I just have to... One minute remaining. Hurry up. Okay. Uh, I know what to do. I'll just build a whole bunch of tanks and send in the troops. You got it! And that will surely... We're pinned down! Oh, this is bad. Uh, Tanya, you can help me out here, can't you? Shake it, baby! If I could just send you here and you can take out this Tesla coil... And... <laughs> Critical unit lost. Oh, oh dear. Warning. Disclaimer activated. What is it now, Lieutenant? Dub talk unit to contain language and content not suitable for a younger audience. Discretion advised. Why would I put a child on the battlefield? Spoilers initiated for Girls und Panzer, Der Film, and other anime. Caution needed. You know, actually, if I stayed up, I could probably get some good strategies. Opinions expressed are of individual participants, not reflective of entire dub talk unit. Lieutenant, did I say something to offend you? Unable to comply. Okay, hold on, hold on. If I can just build a couple more grizzly tanks. Insufficient funds. This is hardly the time to be plugging the Patreon, Lieutenant. What's that sound? Oh no. You have lost. I just be my read. I just be my Good morning, everyone. What a fine day for a tank rematch. Representing Team Dub Talk in today's coverage of Girls in Panzer der Film, we have Jamal, captain of the Panzer IV. Why are there smoky smokes being launched outside my window? And Commander Jackson, of captain of the BT-42, Panzer IV. And now to drop this bit and welcome to you to the show. Hey, everybody. It's summer at the movies time, and today we're talking about Girls in Panzer. This is the uh, theatrical sequel to the 2012 series by director Tsutomu Musashima. It's about two things, cute girls and tanks. It was so successful at those two things and boosted tourism to Orai and the Ibaraki Prefecture of Japan that uh, producers ordered six more theatrical movies be made. So despite director Musashima creating Shirobako, one of the best original anime of our time, would be five years before that saw sequel. Hi everyone, I'm Jackson. I relate any topic back to my handful of favorite anime. How are you doing? But what do I mean when I say cute girls and tanks? In this world of girls and ponder, young women participate in the sport of tankery, or senshido. It supposedly trains girls into refined and strong women, exemplifying their femininity. The sport involves mock battles and tank combat, a lot like the game World of Tanks, which I assume you've heard of if you know of either of these properties. In fact, uh, Nicholas Moron, aka Chieftain from World of Tanks, from World of Tanks, was a military advisor on the franchise. Oh. Any questions? Uh, I can think of that. Is interesting. Is it safe? Good question. The the advisory board assures me that the tanks are perfectly 
uh, safed and enclosed in a carbon fiber lining that protects the girls from the live anti machine that is flying free on the battlefield. So Why? explain so explain these explosions and uh, fireworks that go on. Then. Well, that is real gunfire. It is, of course, historically accurate, and it would, you know, not make sense to use blank rounds in a uh, tank match. So, you know, it's of course perfectly safe. No one has ever died playing tankery. One girl almost drowned. Let's ignore that. It's fine. Uh, it's perfectly safe for everyone to be hanging out in the top of the tanks where they can see better. You know, it's much better for visibility. It's much better if you can see the target that you're, that you're trying to not hit, right? You know, it's all about sportsmanship. It, w- it would be unbecoming to, you know, totally obliterate a tank with a uh, cannon bullet that's 60 centimeters wide. That'd be silly. Yeah, that uh, was definitely ridiculous. Like, that was overkill. I mean, nobody got hurt, but that was still yeah. overkill. Some might say that there's no kill like overkill. Which is exactly why there was no killing in this movie, I assure you. Yeah, but, but I get I get the feeling that Chairman was up to his tricks again. But why are we talking about this movie and not any of the other movies that have since come out? First of all, sh- shut up. Second, it's my sleepover and I get to choose the movie. Lastly, I think it actually does work best as the introduction to the series. The TV series as itself is pretty standard Save the School plot. You don't really need any of that prior, prior context to enjoy the film. And it reaches its full potential of the premise of... Uh, just these tanks engaging in seriously off-the-wall combat and choreography right away. It throws out all this unnecessary, superfluous elements like plot, character development, theme, or for physics. God, for God's sakes, at one point I saw tanks drifting sideways. Yeah, you, you hear that little voice that's... That little voice on uh, your shoulder in the back of your head saying, Wait, this doesn't make any sense. You need to shut that one up. Lock it in a cage. It doesn't get to talk anymore. You don't need that. It's an anime. You don't really need to apply logic much. Tanks drift in this universe. They catch air in this universe. You can uh, ride tanks on top of other tanks. And much like cheap people, you can also drive without treads. Exactly. It's great. Uh... I could describe the movie itself pretty succinctly, actually. It's 25 minutes of a cold open action scene, followed by about half an hour of plot, and the rest of the runtime is an hour-long action scene after which the movie immediately ends. And even though though nobody gets killed, man, do they make the stakes feel high, man. It's it's very good. Uh, Jamal, this was your first time seeing the movie. Uh, Does that sound about right? Any initial thoughts? Uh, well, we'll get into that later, but I, I, the movie was definitely pretty solid. It is a unique element of its time, but I will say, though, you kind of, if this is your first time jumping into the movie, you really need to see the show beforehand, because otherwise, none of this is going to make sense, as would any other movie based on a TV show. Yeah. 
I, I might amend my point previously. You you need to be on board with this premise to enjoy this movie. And the series can acclimate you to the ideas being put forward uh, if you take that time and, you know, ramp up into the direct silliness. But, you know, uh, you could just as well watch the three-minute uh, special on the Blu-ray set that just summarizes the plot. Because it yeah. can be summarized that short. Yeah, but where's the point in that? <laughs> I mean, for myself, I saw the movie in theaters when it first came out, and I went into it blind because I like seeing movies and seeing anime movies in theaters, and it was a rare occurrence back then. It's still kind of a rare occurrence now. Uh, but, you know, I went in, had a good time. It happened with uh, Love Live. It happened with this. It was basically the perfect environment to go and watch the movie in just massive screen and and a sound system that shakes your entire body when the tank turrets fire oh that's that 3dx system i think they have isn't it it's something they have for this movie theater seats i know that yeah no my theater does have the 4x or 4dx that's what it is yeah and and an imax but uh this wasn't in either of those but yeah just comfy comfy seats and surround system. Also, on the off chance you're listening to this, uh, don't mind the sounds in the background. That's just uh, the girls' academy practicing outside. Yeah. Uh, sneaking in there on the uh, 4th of July. It's a good time. <laughs> uh, yeah. no, it was a good crowd to see that with, too. You know, people in cosplay bringing their model tanks with them. I, I went with my friend who was... Uh, who I met because we both love Sound of the Sky, another show about cute girls in military uniforms. And if you out there love Sound of the Sky, we are now blood brothers. I would die for you. The, the showing was uh, in English because that's all there was available at, t- at the time. And to quote my friends who only watch the subs, I didn't hate it. Uh, but I think on that note, we may as well uh, get into it. Uh, who, who brought us this dub? Uh, and what and why was it so uh, successful uh, so, for our ADR director and scriptwriter? We have uh, director Kyle Colby Jones, and the script was also penned by Kyle Colby Jones, and working together with Tiffany Grant. Uh, so it's a Sentai dub. Yes, uh, this was a Sentai dub, of course. Uh, Kyle was. Uh, director and scriptwriter on shows like Land of the Lustrous, Lock Horizon, and When Supernatural Battles Become Commonplace. Uh, Tiffany Grant wrote for sh- such shows as Denicoil, Parasite the Maxim, and Infinite Stratos. So, what are our uh, feelings on the dub at this point, on the uh, directing and writing? Uh, first and foremost, because I'm using this. I'm going to take the subtitle to use this movie to sum up the entire series so far up to this point. I thought mm-hmm. the I thought the dub was great on this. The casting was kind of unusual because it's like it's like one of those Stuyopolis dubs where like you can hear multiple people, multiple roles. Hell, sometimes even confuses some people for other people. The yeah, only the only difference between this and the main TV series is that. There was a, not only was there a change of directors, but 
with the movie, we actually have a credited scriptwriter because for some reason on the TV, the OVA series, a scriptwriter was not credited as far as I know. Yeah, I also didn't see a credited scriptwriter, only a translation and subtitler, uh, which, and I assume the uh, series was keeping pretty close to that uh, translated script in the first place. So they didn't. So we didn't get a translated, uh, a, adapted scriptwriter credited. Uh, so it's kind of hard to compare apples to apples without getting too much into the scriptwriter's head. But I do think, as it stands, the movie was definitely more solid feeling overall. Because, like I said, the TV series was definitely good. But to it, at some points, you could feel like. Alright, this character needs to emote versus how this character is actually emoted. Like, if you're supposed to feel angry or so, you're not supposed to have a little... Your voice is not supposed to be that kind of jovial, which I'll get into with maybe some of the characters. I'd have to look at the cast list again just to make sure, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was finding quite a bit in the TV series, which I had seen for the first time doing research for this series, that's like... It's it's pretty rough in some places, uh, like, the, and the change in director was actually like, I could tell an immediate improvement right away it, from it the, was, uh, Anzio LVA onwards. It was a much welcome change, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I think yeah was lending into a lot of these same problems that you get with with this uh, characters in this voice range of the Moe cute. Uh, high schooler, high school girls. It's really pushing Sentai's casting pool to its limits. There's a lot of double casting. That's also true of the. Uh, that's not unique to the dub. It's also true of the Japanese side. But uh, we're getting that here. It's a lot of people like pushing their voice range to spots they really shouldn't be. Like they're spending more time trying to maintain that voice than they are trying to act. Like perfect example is the. Uh, main character whose voice is much more uh, mature in in the dub, so they've changed around the directing uh, to get them more comfortable in the roles. Uh, for example, there there was also like a change in style guide. For example, like the term senshido, which is the which they use in the Japanese for tankery, is ne was never used before, and now it's used being used quite common. Uh, for things like uh, that, Federation names. That's kind of oxymoronic, though, because I think at one point I did hear uh, uh, Miss Nishizumi, uh, Miho's mother, talk about, she says it's a disgrace to a Decentral Tankery Federation. And that's kind of oxymoronic. That's like... All right, this ATM is machine. Yeah, an or, machine. yeah, or ADR, or no action, or not either. No, uh, there's an anime, there's an anime that aired last year called Kuma 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 Bear. Kuma is Japanese for bear. Yeah, Sh surely that, that's fine. Kuma cubed, Kuma cubed, quadruped. I just call it Kuma times four, so. Kuma to the power of four, yep. Yeah. I did also want to mention that um, there are some Russian... There's multilingual uh, acting in this dub as well. We've got some uh, Russian characters who only speak in Russian, uh, but they are cast and pulled from local town. Like, 
We have uh, one character, I don't think we'll talk about her much, but she's a, uh, an, a science teacher during the day and was pulled in for this and only does this, uh, only has this credit to her name. Okay. Uh, Oh, right. Another thing that was way off from the uh, TV series was the timings on, like, a lot of the lines. The lip sync was all the fuck over the place. In the movie or in the TV series? In the in the TV series. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because that, that was one thing I said about, like, a lot of earlier stuff. Because you can tell this is definitely, like, 2010s kind of stuff. Because if I know this lip, if I could touch those lip flaps, there is most surely a problem. I, I've said that about... Media blasters and the well not the early days because this was like when I listened to like early Britney Lauder stuff to like I don't know, I guess early I don't think I've ever been in early two thousands episode for a Fundamation dub talk but somewhere along those lines you could kind of tell but at at least with some studios they had the grasp they definitely knew what they were doing at the time and others you know just. Branch guy in different ways. It, it was a 2010s where it's a different time. I'll guarantee you yeah. that. Yeah. You, you know, by, by that point, you have the tools, and it's kind of showing a, lot, a lack of care. Like, it, that's on the more engineering side and timing, subtitle timing, for example, side of things than anything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, mentioning engineering and some engineering, I do want to mention. The sound design on this movie, impeccable. Like, oh yes, yeah. love it, love it. Uh, I I just discovered, the f- yeah, I just discovered a feature on my computer that I could play spatial audio on my headphones, and while I was listening to it, I could definitely hear the mixing very well. Ooh, that yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, it, there's a lot of great music in the OST for this. It's a lot of like historical. Uh, uh, folk songs and marching band uh, tunes, uh, lots of nat- national anthems. It all really fits in with the uh, tone they're going for with this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, not well. I think that covers the initial thoughts on uh, director and uh, director though. Uh, writing. There's a lot of personality in the writing of this. Like really great. Uh, one-liners and singers, more so than uh, the rest of the series uh, to this point. And then, quick, sorry. Sorry. And then not only that, but there's also, of course, with like the other schools as well. Like you kind of have, well, not so much for the U.S. and Japan because it's an English term, so they'd have to adapt it to English. But also, but with the Russian school, however, like whatever they would speak certain phrases. You kind of have to space that out to match not only the language, but the syllables to match the lip flaps, too. I couldn't imagine either Tiffany or Kyle doing that very, very easily because language is a hard thing to come across. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you'll quickly find with uh, a lot of the other schools because they're based on other uh, nations that were a part of World War II, as is the conceit with this show, they are leaning heavily on the stereotypes, and it's kind of amazing. 
That, that's what I love about the show, too. It leads all the stereotypes without, like, actually, like, making a different universe, you know? Because there were some shows that would, like, lean in on a stereotype and just change the name of a country. So it would be like, we know who you're talking about. Who are you fooling? Yeah. It, this one is very much for the history buff. Uh, so it's, like, if you don't catch the reference, it's already flown by. Don't worry about it. There'll be another in two two minutes no just really really entertaining stuff a lot a lot of personality a lot of character in the writing uh for this but uh i think on that note we should uh move on to the characters uh i wanted to start with just to prove that this is not a love live universe that there are actually men uh on this planet I'm uh, going to be honest with you. I think this act, well, the TV show, actually, I think predated Love Live. So as much as I wanted to make a Love Live joke, I couldn't if I want. I couldn't if I wanted to. That would be just a little disrespectful. But. Nah, it's, it's not quite uh, there. But anyways, we have uh, a character only credited as Corporate Slug, a.k.a. Uh, Renta Suji. We have... The chairman of the uh, Japan Senchido Tank Federation, uh, I believe his name is actually Senchiro Kodama, and we have Punchy, the mascot of the Punchy Museum, a cute teddy bear that gets beat up a heck of a lot. I'm sorry, his name's Renta Suji. Please tell me Suji's a pun for something. I assume so, and uh, if I go over to the. Uh, the wiki I would find that right away. He is uh, the number one enemy of the Girls in Ponzer uh, franchise, but uh, you know, savior to the fans, of course, because he keeps the, keeps these entries coming. Uh, if I'm looking for Rentasuji's claim, it's a surname meaning crossroads. <laughs> No, I was kind of saying that because given this is some of the movies and uh, Rent-A-Girlfriend just got announced for season two, it's coming out this summer, I thought maybe that would like be a little tongue-in-cheek joke or something, but yeah, it doesn't work yeah. the same with Crossroads, unless, yeah, it's, no. no, it doesn't work. I tried, but it doesn't. Rent-A-Kenojo, potentially, if that was his name. Yeah. Uh, uh, but no, Renta Suji, corporate slug, uh, is trying his damnedest to get this school shut down. He uh, doesn't succeed during the uh, series itself uh, because the girls ultimately win the tournament that they were tasked with winning. But then he comes back and uh, reneges on that promise to be like, no, 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 I'm still going to shut down this school. Uh, and you can't stop me. And and then the plot in the middle of the movie is just like hatch, hatching this uh, plan to uh, go back on that. Also involved in this is uh, the chairman, Kodama. Uh, uh, plan. Prime. Brain. You want some hot chocolate? Yeah. That's, that'd be helpful. Uh... I should just get into uh, who plays these characters. So, uh, 
But playing these characters, playing uh, corporate slug is John Swayze. John Swayze we know from uh, One Piece as Crocodile. Uh, he's also uh, Senzai Man Nakiri in Food Wars TV series, and he's one of the voices of Gendo Ikari in Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, the Chairman Kodama is being played by Chris Ayers, a person we don't get to talk about too much. Uh, last time we spoke about them, it was uh, it, for Trinity Blood as Isaac Fernando von Kampfer. He's also been in uh, Madaka Box Ab Abnormal as Shigasa Takachita. And I'll throw another One Piece uh, character in there. He's Johnny of Johnny and Yosaku fame. And last we have uh, Joanne Bonasso as Punchy, who's been in Flying Witch as Nana Kuramoto, uh, the sister Akari Akura in Chaika the Coffin Princess, and uh, Susana Hiragi in Dog and Scissors. So, I think it's safe to get Punchy out the way. Punchy doesn't do a whole lot except for one scene. I will say, though, I was expecting more out of Punchy, to be honest. Uh, what, is he kind of a pushover? Kind of. He, he's kind of a bit pathetic. But that's what makes <laughs> him so cool. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time people would love a really punchable character, which he doesn't even get punched in that scene, by the way, I'd have two nickels, which is not a lot, but it's surprising that's happened twice. Yeah. yeah, he's mainly on this list because he he is really entertaining for that one scene in which he's in which he's in where he's just there to get get beat up and go ow it hurts oh oh they're punching me in the face help me please it is real yeah. like he's he's doing the whole uh, mascot play thing where he's playing to children except it's high school girls and and this is the part that. Uh, uh, act will actually set up the characters to meet each other before the fight and bond over a mutual interest. You know what? Mm. That's fair. Just slight nitpick. Uh, I forget which character it was. Uh, was it Raze? No. Anyway, one of the girls, the Team Anglerfish, she was like, you know, for a guy that gets, for a guy that's named Punchy, you should just get punched a lot. They should just at least say he should he sure get stomped he sure gets beat up a lot. Yeah, yeah. His name is technically Boku in Japanese, and Boku, Boku Boku is basically the sound for get beat up. So it there's a, there's a slight translation difference there that's changing the nuance, but uh, Punchy is a punchier name. I didn't mean to do that, but here we are. Okay, and now you say that, and I'm thinking about that. If Miss Stroke on the end about people suggest about Boku no Pico, I'm like, somebody's getting beat up by salsa? What the? F anyway. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so I had to say I'm punchy. Joanne did a great job for that one scene. It's kind of funny hearing her, hearing her get beat up by a Kyle Jones and a Lucy Christian, I think that was. At least that's what the credit said. Yeah, some of the other uh, park mascots. That's mm. fun. Uh, Chris Ayers as the chairman. He's mostly incompetent. It, it's not him that's coming in to save the day, but he is there to gloat in the uh, in the victory. 
And it, it is fun where he's just like, uh, but I can't do anything. My hands are tied. Wh- what is little old me going to do? Right. I yeah, I could definitely hear the sweet tango in his voice because I think one of the things I'm most known for is sweet tango from Co- from Speed Grapher, Corsagni uh, from Black Butler. But he sounded a little like Todd Habercorn here. I think oh, okay. that that could have been what he was trying to go for. But I thought he, he was kind of being the good guy in that scenario because he was part when he one of the five people was part of that federation to. To sign that agreement? Yes. So, uh, as part of that federation... So, it's the Ministry of Education is the team that they... Is the party that they're trying to convince uh, okay. that is part of the corporate slug. And then he is the chairman of the uh, Japanese... Uh, Sanshido Federation. And then you have the other major parties in that federation, which include... Uh, uh, Nishizumi's mother and uh, Shimada's mother were two of the uh, top uh, schools and top participants. There, there's the other character that sh- uh, showed up to uh, be a coach for the main girls team and then did no coaching and then effed off. Oh yeah, Chono, right? Yes, uh, Ayo Chono. Uh, I'm sorry we're not talking about her because she was kind of funny when first introduced to her in the series, so. As I said, comes in to do coaching, does no coaching, leaves. So. Yes, all while crash, all while crash landing a tanker into a Ferrari F40. Right, she does enter from the sky, skydive with a tank, and then crash on the principal's car. Very, oh, very inconsiderate. Who oh, knows the principal's car? I forgot about that. <laughs> It doesn't matter. The school's getting shut down. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, but yeah, so... But yeah, Chris definitely had this uh, Chuck Norris kind of approach. You ever seen the movie Dodgeball? I have seen the movie Dodgeball. Okay, he's like one of the committee members that basically is is voting for the, uh, I guess, the game to continue, because... He's basically the Chuck Norris in this situation, which is why he authorized a last minute change in the team lineups. Because, okay, for those that don't know, uh, in the movie, the the Alright Girls Academy is battling this uh, other academy. I forget the name of it. And it's eight it, tankers to thirty. Yeah, it is Alright Girls Academy versus the University All Star Team. Ah, uh, uh, you. Which is just a uh, collective of like hand-picked unit tanks for this uh, university uh, team that enters into pro leagues against uh, adults. Yeah, so when they realized they were short of a whole bunch, the, the chairman at the last minute authorized uh, groups from around the nation, if you will. You had Pravda High, you have... Uh, not San. Yes, Sanders University. You have uh, Saint Gloriana's uh, Saint, Girls Academy. Saint Gloriana's. You have Angio Girls Academy. They all join in this battle, <laughs> and the and, and I'm gonna use this to translate to the chairman because it kind of pisses off the chairman. It's like, wait, 
this is this a rule in the book? He's like, there's no rule to say any cat drawing. And every uni every high school members donning a all right girls academy uniform as a result. But I wish I could remember who those two were with the code. Anyway. Well, why why do they wear the uniforms? Because they wanted to. Yeah. Because yeah, it looks good on them. They want with it. Hey, why not? It's a, it's a little fan service. It's a little big for Katusha because her uh, hands don't go all the way through the sleeve, so she's like flapping around. <laughs> but but it's cute. I, it I think that is a uh, fine spot to leave off the men and go into uh, some of the other tank girls in this movie, though. Wait a minute, I didn't talk about John Swayze though. Because John Swayze is definitely playing good. Is definitely good at playing slime balls. Because uh, Gendo Akari, of course, and uh, he's, yeah, he's good at playing intimidating characters, slime ball characters, pretty much demanding characters if the situation calls for it. Although I will admit, it did kind of leave me taken aback in the TV series when we first introduced to him, but. It felt much better when it came to the movie. I think it was a result of the staff change, but yeah, yeah. In the uh, in the TV series, it's just kind of like matter of fact, like very cold, uh, and you're getting a lot more uh, chinks in the armor in the in the movie as a, as a result of his, his, this plan is not working anymore. Yep. So he pulls out one very big stop, and that's a 600 millimeter mortar cannon. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think it's time to move into uh, the participants in this uh, match. Uh, starting with the girls from the other academies that have uh, that we've met throughout the series and are joining in on uh, the fight today. We have, uh, from representing Pravda, we have Kachusha. Representing uh, St. Gloriana's Girls Academy, we have Darjeeling of the British. Uh, we have Kay of Saunders, a.k.a. the United States team. And we have uh, Chiomi Anzaki, or Anchovy, from uh, Anzio Academy, a.k.a. the Italians. But playing these characters, we have Hilary Haig as Katusha. Uh, Hilary is known for such roles as uh, Shiori Shiomiya from The World God Only Knows, Yasano Oribe from Kill Me Baby, and Liri Ruka Arde from Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon. As Darjeeling, we have Kara Greenberg from, also known for Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon, as Hitachi Chigiyusa from Clanad, she was Sanae Furukawa, and uh, she was in Nakaimo, My Little Sisters Among Them, as Itsum Ikusu Mizutani. Uh, Kay is played by Emily Neves, who's known for uh, Chelsea from Akame Ga Kill, Lilith from The Demon Girl Next Door, and Yui Kiriyama from Kokoro Connect. And lastly, we have uh, Kira Vincent Davis playing Anchovy. Kira is known for such roles as Shinobu Wakamiya from Chiafuru, Izuna Hatsue from No Game No Life, and Ronpatsu Matsu II from Excel Saga. So, what do we think of uh, our team of uh, stereotypes? 
Uh, I'm going to run down the lineup. Uh, Hilly Haggis Katyusha. <laughs> ah, she's adorable. She she definitely manages to play the childish aspects of her very well. I will admit I was a little concerned when I was introduced to the character to the beginning of them because at multiple points you see her ride on the shoulders of a comrade. Well, I thought she did very good. It kind of reminded me a little bit of a Tessa from Full Metal Panic for what little I've seen of that show, but because <laughs> she can be a little, a little bit clumsy sometimes, but she knows she knows how to be serious when needed, especially in the the whole sacrificial scene in the middle of the movie. Because, like I said, nobody gets hurt, but they definitely managed to make the. Raise the stakes, make it feel like it was life or death. They sure but, sold that scene like people were dying. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I, I would, I, I would admit, I may have turned up a little bit, but uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's okay to get emotional for the the silly tank girl movie. No, I, I probably, uh, I really liked Hillary Hag as Katisha. She gets a lot to do in this movie, especially. Uh, She's pro- she's one of the few characters that has something resembling an arc in this movie where she has been very high and mighty the entire time. You know, this is her default state, riding around on other people because she's four foot flat, nothing. Uh, but she likes to lord over and look down on people. Just very competitive. Uh, very Sundari in, in that regard, too. It's, like, it's not like I wanted to come or be first or, you know, help out. Yeah. Uh, her uh, losing the rest of her team is actually like setting her up for getting her shit together it, it, she has the, these loyal teammates that are like if I say the sky is black then they will agree the sky is black and uh, follow her word to the letter uh, they go sacrifice themselves for her and now she's on her own and has to work with other people and not uh, look down on them to get to get things done, and she's got some really entertaining lines, uh, like uh, or really entertaining dialogue and accent to her. It's like you're darn tootin' when uh, they're trying to cheer her up. So you know, we we're counting on you, boss. You're darn tootin'. It's real cute. Yeah. Uh, Charles Harris, we have uh, Darjeeling, of course the. The gimmick with the British team is that they're all named after T's. Yeah, uh, they're they're all very prim and proper. Uh, Darjeeling herself, like they're all sipping tea the entire match, pinkies up, because you know yeah. they're classy like that. Refined, elegant. What what if our lady's tea gets cold? Is is a line that's said in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I also remember in TV show when they when the girls cabbies first started battling Saint Glorianas, she said, "We w- we will win this without spilling a drop of tea." And then when the chaka came, she actually dropped a whole cup of tea. <laughs> she basically spilled the tea as if it, as it was. It it like fell apart in her hands as if, she, like, like a wine glass or a coffee cup just being smashed in their hands. No, it slipped. Yeah, I, I, I get what they were going for, but the cup literally slipped out of her hand and dropped on the floor. 
It's, it's a very silly, uh, you know, symbolism. Yep. That's great. Like, Dark Jilling herself speaks in a lot of um, uh, quotes and wise sayings, as it were. They're, they're very esoteric. Uh, it's just... Uh, and they kind of ramp up in their absurdity. At one point, they're just oh, uh, quoting Alice in, Ra- Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yeah. That, that threw me for a loop when one of them goes, Beware the Jabberwock, my son. I, I cannot describe the laugh that got at me. It's, what the heck was that? Uh, this very soon. Uh, I the American was, team. Or, I will sorry. say, though, I this is my first time actually hearing Carol Greenberg or anything, because I was not familiar with her before this series. So it was a, but it was very neat, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, she was doing uh, great work in this, like she, uh, for being very refined, very uh, charismatic, uh, get, getting into uh, the action a lot of the times. Uh, actually, uh, brings me to probably one of the best scenes for any of the character acting is yes. when all the t- all the uh, team leaders converge uh, and are discussing their plans for the match. And a lot of it's like uh, divvying up uh, marching orders, packing order, squadrons. Uh, and Darjeeling chimes in with, now this part is very important. What is the name of our operation? <laughs> yeah. And, th- and that's just a great uh, delivery on that line. Of course, this is, a, this is a very silly show. And one of the things keeping this like cute girl part of this is a lot of the team and operation names. So they're all bickering about what the operation name will be. And it's all just silly old stereotypes like three cheese pizza and burger steaks and chicken fries. Beef stroganoff. Because beef stroganoff has three ingredients, right? Uh, and, the, and the name they end up going with is Punchy Punch. This is a very silly show. Yeah. Emily Neves uh, for the Americans. Uh, she she's doing some fun stuff. You, she doesn't have a whole lot to do in this movie itself. Uh, her main contribution and uh, the Saunders team is basically to protect the tanks in the interim from uh, school shutdown to beginning of this match. You know, at the at the lowest point in the movie, they're all very sad. It's like we're losing everything. And then big national anthem uh, blares. They fly in with a super heavy carrier airplane that can take an airlift eight tanks at a time. That looked bigger than an AC-130. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that. and you're carrying tanks that are like multi, like tens of hundreds of tons each. That's, uh, that's going to weigh you down a lot, so you need... S- some heavy-duty equipment for that. The big thing with the Americans is they're loud and boisterous, have a lot of money, spend a lot of money will- willy-nilly, just throwing yeah. all, all kinds of... Uh, as Kay says, the firepower doctrine. Attack one tank of theirs with ten of ours. It's a case uh, of guns or butters, so... But I will say, though, Emily, for the, for the small amount that she was on screen... 
Emily Neves was the perfect choice for Kay because to me, I feel that especially if you follow Emily on any given day, she is the epitome of all that is good left in America. You know, when the trips are down, she won't she will figure out a way to get you back up. Sunshine and, and apple pie. Hell, she'll have she'll kick ass if she she has to because I know she's played a a similar character kind of like this in the Magical Girl Spec Ops Oscar, and she also stood out to me in that show as well. I'm just sad she doesn't get as much doing the show. And I will say this though, a a significant a good Emily Neves performance. As if you can't tell who's the voice actor for the character on first glance. Because she is good at anything she does. And I've, I'm glad you listed off uh, Demon Girl Next Door for her. Because she's amazing in that show. Very comedic. <laughs> Though, I will say, you will never get me in a million years to watch Shimoto Maruchan. I'm sorry. I just, I have problems with that show. <laughs> so, she's That's good. just fine. She's good. I just don't like don't care for that show. Yeah. I wasn't having problems with uh, recognizing or, or trying to recognize characters in this show or trying to distinguish them because that this is not my skill set. This is not the uh, pool of actors I've trained my ears on. So, I, like, for example, with the uh, double casting, it wasn't popping up a lot for me because I'm not uh, distinguishing them in the first place. I'm going to save that for when we get to the All Right Girls Next Academy. The very late down the road, because apparently I managed to confuse three different actresses with other people, two of which were each other, so... Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, just before we get off uh, the Saunders team, because uh, I won't... We don't have time to talk about everyone here, but I w- did want to mention Brittany Karbeski, who has, like, one line... It's about her boyfriend rejecting her. It's really funny. She's got some great faces. Let's yes. carry on. Yeah, she's one of the three I'm talking about, by the way. <laughs> but that's mostly because of the TV series. Anyway, we're moving on. Yeah, uh, and last on the on our list here is uh, Anchovy uh, from the Italian team. Uh, just just Kira Vincent Davis, like, really entertaining right off the bat. Uh, so... The Italian team's main thing is they love to party and they love pasta and they love spending all their money. So they they walk up, they run up to uh, the group here with just a micro tank, just this tiny little like buggy, practically three seater, uh, just because that's all they've got to contribute. Uh, of course, uh, do go back and watch the Anzio OVA. It's very entertaining in that regard. Yeah, it's my one major regret. I ran out of time. I unfortunately did the thing I usually do where I have a tendency to binge watch shows in the whole day, leading right up to the episode. This I, is why I, I say skip to this movie and start with it. That's fine. Yeah, live and learn. Hanging on to the edge of tomorrow. And yeah, they're getting a lot of uh, great comedy out of this team. Like... Uh, Anchovy's character has these big stupid pigtail drills uh, and one of them goes like I could see better if you would just take the stupid wig off as if 
Hey, hey, twin tails are a sign of a good commander. Just watch data life. <laughs> yeah, they're very important to uh, yeah. this character design. She cannot lose the pigtails or the I, drills. I, yeah, I love I, I love Kevin Davis as this character. I can't remember what other shows I've had I heard of it except kind of Galajet girls, but yeah, less yeah. said the better. So. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's real fun where they're just throwing this tank around. Like, it because it's so small, it's dipping in under other tanks. Uh, they can't aim that low to get at it. Uh, it can ride on top of other tanks and get thrown into the air uh, ac- across valleys. What is that? That's crazy. At one point, they use it for... Uh, they, have their, they have the tank flipped over, the treads going, so they can get use it as a ramp and get more air with another tank. I was like, this is a stupid idea. We'll give you pasta. And all, th- and all the Anzio team's like, pasta. It's it's real cute like that. Uh, and for most of the other team, most of the other runtime, they're just uh, running around the amusement park that's being used as the battlefield. They're going up on the roller coaster because they can fit there, and they, they're tiny and hard to see, and they're just running recon for everyone. Just... <laughs> The creativity this movie has is uh, off the charts. It's great. So I think on that note, uh, we should... So that covers the teams that were uh, coming in from prior material. Uh, And I want to cover some of the characters new to this movie that uh, we introduced and are just thrown into the mix right away. Uh, given very little introduction, so, you know, just be along for the ride. Enjoy it. We have uh, the Japanese school, represented here by uh, Kunio Nishi, the commander and one of the lieutenants here of Fukuda, uh, who's a very cute moe uh, character with big old glasses and a helmet to keep her head safe. Uh, And then from the uh, Finnish-based Jakasota Girls, we have uh, Mika, who uh, is distinctive for her blue hat and her uh, string instrument. Playing these uh, couple characters, we have Amelia Fisher playing Kunio. Uh, she's known for Jabril from No Game No Life, Kitsuno from Nobunaga the Fool, and Nanami Hyoda from Magical Warfare TV. Uh, Terry Doty, uh, as far as some uh, Sentai roles and Houston roles. She is uh, Shigi in Made in Abyss. Uh, excuse me. Mariko Kuki in Where Supernatural, When Supernatural Bows Become Commonplace. And Yuko Tachikawa in Parasite the Maxim. And finally, we have uh, Lauren he- Henrik from, uh, for Mika, who actually really only has uh, credits for Girls in Ponte. Uh, she plays Mika, and she's a, uh, plays a random tank girl on the St. Floriana team, but otherwise has no further credits. So the Japanese team here. It, it's good that Japan has some humor about their performance in World War II and their comedy. Uh, their main thing of Chiatan is charge. In any situation, the correct answer is to charge recklessly head on into battle. 
it doesn't go very well. It's all very silly. Kunio, uh, <laughs> especially, is just like she's trying to get it. The, the gears are starting to turn in her head, but uh, she often gets caught up in the moment. Uh, it's like, oh, I, I've thought I've thought really hard about this plan that you thought very carefully. Thank you, uh, Nishi, Nishizumi. Uh, but I think the correct course of action here is to charge right in. Uh, what, what should we be doing in this scenario, everyone? We should all fall back. Full out attack. I like it. Charge on in. It's like... She's trying. It, it's occasionally occurring to her. It's like, maybe... Maybe we shouldn't charge. Maybe we should hold back. And then she kind of gets wishy-washy, caught up into it, and then gets taken out while uh, being wishy-washy about the whole thing. <laughs> uh... Fukuda Teradoti is like the one girl that is uh, left behind in the first action scene, the first exhibition match, uh, and has to get uh, some positive influence from outside. Uh, so she's chumming up with uh, one of the ORI girls teams. Uh, and they're talking a lot about honor, uh, the Japanese. There. It's like, I, no, I need an honor, honorable death. I need to uh, throw my hand, throw my body on my sword. Yeah, oh, is that part. what that was? Not quite. Uh, <laughs> more, more, more so kamikaze strategies for uh, the World War II J Japanese. Uh, we know how that turned out. Not great for anyone involved. Uh, but no, the, the other teams are like, but what if you don't charge? What if you survive and live to fight another day? And she kind of takes this to heart. Mm -hmm. To the point in the uh, final battle that uh, she's the one that's actually like speaking up and uh, trashing the other uh, Japanese girls. Like, all we're known for is charging headlong into battle and getting our asses kicked. We're a joke. We need to stop. And it's just this cute little... Moe Blob character that's uh, delivering the harsh, harsh truths to everyone else. It's all very good. Uh, and Mika? Uh, Mika, of course. She gets the best scene in the movie, to, to be frank. Uh, just because uh, her team is in this one team. They are tasked with taking out this super hard uh, artillery tank uh, that is crushing everybody just because it's got this massive artillery can shoot from a massive distance take out multiple tanks in a single blow uh, blow up uh, huge portions of the landscape at with a single shot yeah but uh, no, when they uh, get set up into action she gets going with her uh, string instrument and a finished polka song starts playing and it's is really entertaining she's dipping in and going around the other tanks defending this one G goes under some rope drives under rubble uh drives in between rubble get gets the arc teams caught under falling rocks get gets their treads shot off of the tank which is where they just pull off the steering wheel plug it back in it's like and we're still going we we've got 
we got wheels on this thing. We're going to keep driving. Yeah. They start drifting around, start drifting up, going off of one track of wheels when the air one falls off, takes out uh, the last tank at the same time that they fall down. Uh, just mutually absurd destruction. It is fantastic. If you see nothing else from this movie, see, look up that clip. Yep. Polka never dies. I, I, I like that theme. It got me thinking it was like a like a Swedish version of Curb Your Enthusiasm or something like that, which, yeah, I never really watched Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I, but I know most of it. So, uh, I would say, though, Nishi, because I'm looking at a picture right now because I'm trying to refresh, even though I just saw the move and trying to refresh my memory. I, I can't for the life of me recall this character. I think she might have been the one whose tanker came out of the uh, the wild park with all the boats. And she shot one of the four tankers. And then tried to go back for more. I think that might have been her, yeah. but I could be wrong. Yeah, th this is uh, the commander of the Japanese team with the camouflage tanks. Is uh, They camouflage their tanks with duck heads. Yep, that was her. Movie. That yeah. was her. Yeah, I thought that scene was very funny. <laughs> and then when she tried to be greedy, they all make one for it. <laughs> but uh, me, I, but me, you did very good. This, uh, we did very good in this while again. Okay, I, I haven't heard of some of these people that we're gonna be talking about on here, except for maybe f from previous episodes. But when uh, I can't talk about it is Terry Doty because man, if you pick not Terry Doty. In a nutshell, it's like a haystack in a haystack, I guess. <laughs> I really, I really dug her character though. Like, she didn't get to do much, but I really dug the emotion she gave that character because to me, it looked like Terry Doyle would pick Tails, to be honest. Because if you ever listen to her, to her obscure chat podcast or see how she gets on in her life, it kind of, uh, Kenita kind of gave me that kind of vibe, so I thought it was kind of perfect. The way she approached this character, even if only for like what a total of five minutes throughout the movie. Although the scene that really got me though was uh during the exhibition match at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And she and her she and the Chiha Town group uh driving through to, the driver takes through a shopping mall. You know what guys say this is a ceasefire place. this is a ceasefire place. We know <laughs> place that's the plan. Thanks. Wave as they go by. <laughs> she managed to drive take her down an escalator. <laughs> Is that safe? No Good question. No further questions. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, I really need to shut off my brain because why? Yeah, no. I mean, if you can get on top of it. If I fits, I sits. Goes down the escalator. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I'll tell you, did pretty good. And uh, Lauren Herring, I think it's Herring. Yeah, Herring. As Mika. Mika just spits out a, I guess, not, I want, I don't want to say words of encouragement. It's like, I don't know, Proverbs, Proverbs, I guess. Yeah. She's contrarian for no reason. She She's uh, dispensing these pearls of wisdom a lot, like Darjeeling, but she's That's, doing it. it in a very different way. Pearls of wisdom. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, she's suspending pearls of wisdom, playing the Koto and tanker. Yeah. 
Yeah, fuck it, it, it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard to get a, a read on her character because she's just like, no, wh- why would we get involved? I don't, I don't want to do this. I, I, I think this is a bad idea. Does it anyway? She, she's saying one thing while doing another thing for a lot of this. Oh, yeah, it definitely fits with Contrary. I thought all three ladies did very good, so. Yeah. No, I. Yeah, I agree. I had a thought. Yeah. Uh, Terry. Fukuda and Terry Doe here are here because they have, like, one of the character arcs in this movie, basically, is get the Chiha team to get out of their own heads and do that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that covers everyone else that was participating in the Allies, uh, our mission here. Uh, I did want to go over some of the other members of the ORI Girls Academy, the main school, the main team. Uh, we don't have time to cover everybody. They've no, all got their gimmicks. They're all great. We love them all. Let's, let's focus on a couple. So we're mainly going to be talking about the uh, Turtle team, which is otherwise the Student Council, uh, which is made up of uh, Anzu, uh, Anzu Kadotani, the Student Council president, Momo Kawashima, the secretary, I believe, and Yuzu Koyama, the vice uh, vice student council president. And to throw in one other character from uh, the girls' team, we have uh, Sadako, the hall monitor, captain of the uh, Mallard team. It, like, the other ones are fun. They've all got their gimmicks. You've got the uh, volleyball team. You've got the historian team, the engineering team, the first years, the neats, uh, and who am I forgetting? Volleyball team. Yeah, the volleyball team who are not knocking their school team back. The automotive club who helped service most of these tankers. Also, shout out for Drifter the Toyota Chaser in the movie. Yeah, the the closest thing to real physics, probably. I thought that was a chaser. I thought that was a chase. I thought that was a chaser or Mark II. I couldn't tell. Uh, it, it kind of predates the JCX-90 area. Anyway, enough me nerding out on yeah. vehicles. So, yeah. uh, well, one throw in there for the gearheads. Uh, yeah, but as, as for the characters that we've picked out here uh, and who's playing them, as uh, Anzu Kadadani, we have Rosie Curtis, who's been in Panny Pony Dash as Behoi Me, Kill Me Baby as Agiri Goshiki, and Tamako Love Story, the movie, as... Uh, Hinako uh, Katashirakawa. Uh, Momo Kawashima is played by Patricia Duran, who's been in Domestic Girlfriend as Hina Tachibana, Flip Flappers as Yayaka, and Princess from Princess Prin- Principal. Y- Yuzu Koyama was played by Megan Avocado, who uh, has also portrayed uh, Lisert in the Fate uh, Khalid Prisma Ilya franchise. Uh, she was in AKB uh, 0048 as Megumi Wanibuchi. And she was also in Nakaimo, My Little Sister is Among Them, as Yuro- Yurozuna Hosho. 
Uh, and lastly, uh, Sadako, the hall monitor, is Tiffany Grant, also in the Kaimo as Maiko Katori, Tokyo Magnitude number eight as Yuku Onosawa, and Gunsmith Cats as Becky Farah. So I'll, I'll start with uh, Sotoko, actually, just because uh, as the one, like, pick out from the rest of these, she gets a lot to do in the, in that 30 minutes in between the two action scenes. Because what what does a hall monitor do when they have no halls to monitor? Uh, they become a delinquent, apparently. <laughs> well, it, well, it's, it's real funny. Yeah, I mean, when you fulfill your objective, uh, it's kind of what it's course. It's like, where do you go from here? Yeah. What, what do I do if there's no halls to monitor? What, now we'll never get our volleyball team back. What, what do we do when we're not first years anymore? That, that one was probably the funniest uh, lamentation from them at their lowest points. Like, guys, you cannot be first years. That's okay. That doesn't have to be your identity. Nice Just to kind of show how, uh, how paper thin some of these gimmicks are. But no, it's it's real fun watching uh, Tiffany's character go from just this uh, uppity biosh uh, to just who the fuck cares? My life's over. Just leave me. Alone. I'm I'm gonna be squatting out here in front of the convenience store with my friends. We're gonna eat popsicles and cucumbers. Leave us alone. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna save for last for reasons. So. Yeah. Yeah, we otherwise have um, the uh, secretary, Momo, Momo-chan, Momo Kawashima. Uh, through a lot of the movie, she's the one trying to keep her shit together and failing spectacularly. Uh, there's this especially, just great... Yeah. Especially two-thirds of the way through the movie when, you, <laughs> when she's carrying a whole bunch of desk equipment and stuff and she sees the president again. Yeah. No, it's great where she's just piling more and more uh, burdens onto herself. Being like, th- there's this great ex- escalation of a, g- excuse me. There's a, this great escalation where she's just like, uh, we need more. We need more uh, food. I'll go ask around for some rice. We need more light bulbs. I'll go, I'll go into town and buy some. The, the hall monitors are picking fights with the locals. I'll be the referee for their match. <laughs> it's like, hold, Momo, that last one, hold on. Are you making good decisions at this point? Probably not. Uh, and yeah, she, uh, Patricia's doing great at the, these highs and lows of this character where she's trying to keep it together, be authoritative, and then just flipping her lid being like, and becoming a huge crybaby. As you say, when the uh, president returns with uh, good tidings. Yeah. Yuzu's yeah. the one that's actually keeping her head on her shoulders through most of the movie, uh, where she can be level-headed and uh, providing support to the other girls, keeping them on task and sane through uh, all these hard times. Not, this team's not doing a whole lot during the uh, fight proper, but they're uh, coming in clutch in the uh, uh, keeping the team together, keeping morale from completely falling apart throughout. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. And then... Uh, 
Hughes uh, didn't stand out to me as much, but who did stand out to me is the president. Mm-hmm. Little tiny. Yep. Yeah, little tiny thing. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because for the longest while, she was the one that I had mixed feelings on, but I think when it came down to it, it was mostly divided because she has a very... Rosie has a very jovial voice. With this character just having fun and you know being a uh, uh just uh having fun with situations and everything but when it came down to being serious it kind of lacked emotion a little bit in the tv series but that was because mostly because of the direction yeah i was fine the same like this is another character that improved under new direction uh she's not trying to push the voice as much to keep it up high she's able to be a bit more uh serious uh and sell those lines more yeah and when the movie came around she definitely improved and i i still like the character all the same it was just it was those moments that kind of had me mixed on her but she did very very well on that aspect so yeah she she's uh good at being this laid-back uh character for most of the time and then when it's uh time to uh go into action uh she's able to lay down the law she's the student council president this was her idea to save the school originally uh and she's the one that's raising hell uh trying to save the school again in the movie yeah uh this time she gets the contract in writing yeah because a verbal agreement is useless if you don't get in writing. <laughs> Great that they take those words and shove it back in his, in uh, John Swayze's face. Yep. Yeah, she did. She did very. She did very well. Making the press uh, really displaying the qualities of student council president very well, president very well. So. I will say this though, because I saved Tiffany for last. There was very good reason. Well, for one, she did a very good job as this hall monitor, even especially among the triplets. To which it's kind of funny. One of them is uh, Lucy Christian. Because yeah. uh, here's the thing: when I listened to it in the TV series, I actually thought Sonico was Lucy Christian. I was like, "Wow, I never heard Lucy like this." Well, I, yeah, that's typical Lucy Christian, but I also heard Cherubi Lead for what I can recall. I never heard Cherubi Lead any Sentai dub ever. So I when I yeah. so when I found that was Tiffany Gray, I was like, what? And to make Madness even stranger, uh, I forget what team. I think she's on Team Turtle or something. I did the the one with the historical revisionists. That's the hippo what? team. The hippo team. Well, it pretty much just holds the entire historical version, if you think about it, because in the OVAs, they do a lot of work. One of the, two, one of the six OVAs did a lot of world building. Well, seven, if you can't ask you. Yeah. If you have any questions about uh, the universe of Girls and Ponds, or the OVAs are there. It's a lot of lampshading and hand-waving, but it has answers for you. Yeah, so when, so when I listened to uh, Irwin on the hippo team, I thought... <laughs> Man, Brittany Karbowski is doing a good job selling this uh, historical revisionist character. And then I find out it's Lucy Christian. That's why I asked you, like, LOL, which Karbowski? Because I thought she was playing two roles. 
I'm, I mean, she is, but not those two roles. Uh, she's one of the engineering girls, for example. <laughs> right. And, and making matters worse, all the hall monitors are the same person in J Japanese. And it's not just the dub. And Lucy Christian is also one of the members of the automotive team. Yep. I come to think of it, I think I heard Brittany Karbowski elsewhere too, but... Man, the fact that I got Lucy and Brittany mixed up is spectacular, to say the least. It, it might point, be a point in the uh, favor of the stub that the double casting is not cos causing issues. My, my full thing is, if there's double casting involved, depending on the storyline, it's either going to be water or plot-centric. Yeah, neither of the case is here. I, you could argue Walla, just because these are very minor characters that are being pulled. And plus, I think at the, around the time this dub came out, Sentai Filmworks was just starting out. Well, they're now known as Sentai, but back then it was Sentai Filmworks about 2013, 2014. Yeah, yeah, 2013. This movie came out 2016. Yeah, so they... So they had time to grow. Yeah. On the road again. <laughs> anyway, so that's all my thoughts. I just wanted to put that out there. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I will mention one of the other teams just because I found their gag very funny, uh, which was the otaku team who don't have a, who basically have no lines, but uh, after losing their first match and being uh, all downtrodden, they focus up by pumping iron. And they get real good at pumping iron and get real strong. And by the time the match comes around, they've got guns. And they are just gripping these massive uh, tank ammo bolts, tossing them one-handed, uh, gripping gears, breaking equipment with their strength. It's great. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, uh, let's move on to the uh, main character... Uh, head team of uh, the Anglerfish, main character support team. We have uh, Mako Reze, the driver for Team Anglerfish. We have Yukari Akiyama, the loader. Uh, Hana Isizu uh, is the gunner, and Saori Takabe is the radio operator. We have actually a full uh, squad detailed here. Uh, Mako Reze is played by Molly Searcy. She's known for uh, Rory Mercury in Gate, Yuri Oreki in Chivalry of a Failed Knight, and Akame of Akame Got Kill fame. Uh, Yukari Akiyama is played by Rebecca Stevens. She is Kyoko Shimizu in Haikyuu, uh, Ritsuko uh, Mukue in Kids on the Slope, and Nate Mitotsudare in uh, Horizon in the Middle of Nowhere. Hana Isuzu is Caitlin French. Uh, she's known for Mio Nishizono in Will Busters, Kureha Sakamichi in Myochiki, and uh, Chinami Oka in Golden Time. Sari Takabe is Jessica Calvello. She is known for Aika S. Uh, Grancheska in Ari the Animation, Hajime Ichinose in Gachaman Crowds, and Cutie Honey in various Cutie Honey adaptations, in particular uh, Cutie Honey Universe. So, uh, 
What are our thoughts on uh, Team Anglerfish in this movie and in the series as a whole? Because they don't have a lot to do, actually, in this movie with competing for screen time with all of the other tank girls. Uh, in that case, I'll just go at them as a whole throughout the entire series because with Hada, with uh, Caitlyn as uh, Hana Suzu, yeah, I can't recall much of her other than just be pretty much being nice to everybody. So there was that one OVA where the, the girls put on a talent show. She just had to get everybody's impression except her own for some reason. She's that know-it-all type, and then uh, can't get, can't take it. Mm-hmm. Back, yeah. Very rich girl uh, kind of archetype that uh, Ona Nadeshko uh, comes from rich heritage. Oh yeah, that's right. She's the flower girl. She was the one who was able to make friends with uh, Miho at the beginning. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that I remember. Uh, yeah, she had a, a very compelling arc of her own if you go back to watch the TV series to which her mother actually started coming around because she realizes that, like, her, what, what, her flowers, like, yeah. she has creativity but lacks personality and tankery is what gives her her personality. Yeah, this tankery thing is doing what the show is claiming is happening, where it's making them a more full-fledged person. Yeah, speaking of uh, full-fledged people, uh, Molly, Susie, and Sparko, because Sparko is for the most part kind of sleepy. And then you yeah. kind of find out why, like, she's basically the, I guess, essentially the, not primary caregiver for her grandmother, because she's cut, she's an orphan. So she's watching her basically every chance she gets. Which leads to a whole lot of absences and tardies, to which she joins the... She joins the... She joins the Tankery team for the uh, credits and the uh, tardy forgiveness. Yeah, basically. And uh, and she gets a little personal growth of her own, especially when she's visiting Grandma in the room. Uh, Also played by Emily Neves. I think that was Emily Neves. I'll look it up later. Yeah. Yeah, I'll look it up later. So you've you come find out about backstory like it's amazing like she can put if she could put her mind to it she could do anything, which is especially proof of like she's able to drive the tanker when she reads the manual but yet, and yet when we first meet her she almost gets run over by said tanker. Yeah, I, the way I've described it is they pick up a hobo on the side of the road and she's real good at tankery. Yeah, basically. They nearly run her over while she's sleeping in the forest while this tank match is going on. And and then she picks up the book, says move over, and then uh, takes control from there. And then when they grab another light tanker, turns around and teaches Sodico how to drive a tank. <laughs> Especially when they had a, to put aside the differences, if they will. Yeah, there, there's a fun antagonism going on between those two. And they event they can occasionally settle their differences. Yes. So it's it's, it's real fun when those go on. She Molly's got some great lines in this, just because her character is also just done with the world. Humans can't wake up at six AM. 
actually, we're going to be waking up at 5 a.m. so we can be here on time. Falls over. Yep, I can feel that already. Uh, I remember one line from the uh, series proper uh, directed at one of the anime teams where she's just like, oh, wouldn't it be a shame if our ramshackle thrown together team was able to beat the best team? Just this really savage uh, delivered comeback in in a very deadpan uh, kind of way. Said over a dessert restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. Over cakes. Yeah, Uh, but... I thought she did pretty good. Uh, Rebecca Stevens, I never really heard her before. I know of her, but that's for a different reason. Uh, she did very good as this, as charming, as charming Yukari because, for well, for the one thing, yeah, when you first meet her, she stalked them. She's stalking Team Anglerfish a little bit because. She, She's tried to. She the whole thing is she has a hobby, her uh, uh, love for tanks, pretty much military equipment. She she is as much a audience insert as you can get in the show. And I don't know if I'd go that far because remember when they went to take on a what's it Saint yeah Saint Gloriana's Academy I think it was Saunders team where she's going to do uh, yeah. infiltration. It was Odyssey. Yes, Odyssey. She infiltrated the school successfully. Took video of the whole ordeal. Tried to edit on the go. Got caught in the process and tried to evade. <laughs> it's like, it was it was kind of the most hilarious thing because in order for her to even get on that ship, she had to disguise herself as a convenience store worker. Which, don't ask me how to explain that. There's changing stalls in, in the school and on, on the ship. It's fine. It, you get there. Yeah. Kind of make the whole deal, Ed. What's even funnier, well, in a good way, I mean, is if you look at it, I'm probably going to add this, and you're going to notice a slight similarity. If you look at the character, and you look at the, the Rebecca's headshot, she almost looks like you covering in person. With, with the whole floof, floofy hairstyle? Uh, maybe a little less floof, and uh, she's got a dog on her hand, but, yeah. It, yeah. it is top-tier character design. I will give uh, the crew that. <laughs> it is, so I thought that was pretty cute. And then, uh, Jessica as Salvi. <laughs> I, I, I literally thought that was Maggie Fleckner at first, because... Mm-hmm. One, that kind of dialogue would definitely sound like something Maggie would say in an anime. Uh, pick any anime. You know, Die Bark Lovers. Uh, hell, Love Tribune and other delusions, she would say something like that. Not in this one. If you but want the- a boyfriend, you, you gotta drive tank. Maybe that's, a little, maybe that's not quite in character for some other people. If you wanna be my lover... You gotta get with these tanks. Make things last forever. Battle never ends. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I do like that uh, Jessica's character does also have some other aspects going on where she can be very like motherly and is a, and actually has skills outside of tankery that that are useful as well. Very organ 
organized and organizational uh, fitting for, you know, being the uh, radio operator tank communicator. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I think my favorite thing about it was uh, when the batteries, when the battery started this academy, the Sardis University. Yes. And they find out that they were being wiretapped. They relayed fake communication to her while texting real communication to the squad. <laughs> and I thought that she was hilarious because it's like, wow, that is a way to troll them. And, uh, and it was set up because she's like, I've been working on my texting skills and communicating. I've been training for this. Jessica Cavill is really great as this character. It almost kind of reminded me of when I did the uh, Ermichi Onisan episode because she played a similar character. It was a combination of uh, salary and race, if you will. Like, characters just kind of like know the world as worried about never getting married, that kind of thing. So I thought Jessica managed to play salary very impressively. I, I will say of the four, like, in this movie, uh, I think Mako uh, ha- has the strongest showing just because of that relationship with uh, the Hall Monitors. And they, they have that pre-existing connection that they're able to uh, uh, adapt and focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that brings us to the file group of characters, the... Uh, tank commanders for this final match. We have uh, Miho Nishizumi, our main character for the franchise. Uh, Her sister, Maho. And their enemy this match, Alice Shimada, age 13. Why are they fighting a 13-year-old? Anime. Stop questions. I hear you questioning again. Stop that. Uh, Playing these characters, we have... Uh, Margaret McDonald playing Maho, or Miho. Not the last time I'll make that mistake. Uh, she is known for such characters as Rika Takanashi in Love to Miho and Other Delusions, uh, Tamako uh, Kita Shirakawa in Tamako Market and the movie, Saika Totsuka in My Teen Romantic Comedy, Snafu. Uh, as Maho, we have Kim Pross, who was uh, Aya Hasabe in Comic Party Revolution. Rin Kamashiro in Maburaho, and Aya Hoshino in Supergals. Uh, and playing Alice is Shanae Moore, who was uh, Beatrice in Princess Principal, Sayaka Saike in Bloom and You, and Erika Yano in Shirabako. So let's probably start with, off with uh, Maho, because she's a very stoic character. Keep keeps things very close to the chest a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's hard to get a read on her sometimes because she's an antagonist in the franchise, in the TV series itself. But it's actually, like, they're not enemies at any point. They, they don't have a rivalry. They're just kind of at odds with um, one of them's accepted by the family and one of them's not. It's the mother keeping these two apart. Right. So uh, she's doing a lot during the movie to try to uh, smooth things over and just kind of keep a connection to her uh, sister. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. I I think what it is is it's kind of like 
it's kind of older sibling syndrome because yeah even if the mother is trying to keep them apart it's like some of the qualities that the older sibling will have the younger won't and the younger is essentially trying to prove themselves more or less i've seen multiple storylines in anime kind of like this and uh and, be, and she's trying to be supportive the whole time. And being the youngest sibling myself, I can understand where that comes from. So, I see. I am technically the older sibling uh, in my relationship with uh, my brother. Well, good for you. It's okay. I, I keep finding older siblings. <laughs> so my, I, I keep moving down in the pecking order. Uh, funny story. Yeah, no, uh, Kim's doing some great work as uh, Maho here. Yeah, uh, like most of these actors, I'd never heard her before, but again, this is like really old Sentai, like post-ADV, so a lot, a lot of the people we mentioned may or may not be working for Sentai anymore. I know Rebecca Stevens, the last thing I see here is Haikyuu. So, yeah, for, for example, like there was some casting changes between the TV series and the movies, and some of the movies that have come out after this have also had casting changes. So, uh, you know, people move on from lives. People are, aren't available uh, for recording some days. Yeah. Things have changed around quite a bit. Like, from this cast list, we've had some deep pulls, for, like uh, Shanae Moore, or... or like Kim's uh, comic party revolution. Yeah, basically. No, but uh, Shanae Moore is Alice. Uh, quite good, quite convincing as this 13-year-old, actually, where uh, she's able to play, play this cute, shy, wallflower aspect to it and then switch to uh, Cutthroat Commander very effectively. Uh like I, I would believe that this character would uh, throw a match to save a stuffed animal, <laughs> which, which is all ultimately how this uh, movie ends. Is uh, instead of shooting through a uh, animatronic bear, uh, she holds her fire, and that costs her the match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She knows, uh, I guess, the cute cuddly things if they even if they were ugly like she knows she has admiration for them but that kind of led to a downfall she was very good as alice and i <laughs> i thought it was very neat when you kind of find out more about her later on i thought i thought okay she's look to be honest when i saw that scene i said to myself where the hell did she come from she wasn't there when the other girls were there so i was kind of surprised to see and then you find out later she's part of the she basically what ends up as a rival throughout this whole entire ordeal, and that she's a child prodigy. I thought, oh, neat. But yeah, Shanae does a very good job playing this kind of characters. Because I know the last thing I've heard of, and I, I'm doing the middle of it right now, is the uh, the simul dub for Demon Girl Next Door, and I thought she did. I, I thought, well, Shion in that show is a. Uh, Kind of a goofy, kind of scary character who's very into goth and the occult, that kind of thing. But she's also a teenager, so she, so she knows how to portray uh, youth very carefully, given any scenario. But she did very well here. Yeah. And then we have uh, our main character, Miho. 
Uh, as I kind of alluded to uh, before with the directing, like th- they've done a lot to uh, age up the character and make her more mature in this uh, movie under a change in direction. She's got a lot more authority behind her voice. Uh, in the TV show, she does have a lot more of those moe cute moments uh, that aren't really present for her character here, besides the punchy punch uh, kind of dialogue stuff. And I think it is uh, working for her, where she's able to be like more authoritative, more uh, sensitive around her sister, for example. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm enjoying it, and it's a big improvement uh, from what we had before. I, I would say about Margaret because Margaret is a very interesting actor. Because for one thing, they can make uh, they could be they could be like very serious. That's a husker voice that it could be very serious, very comedic. It also sounds sweet when the character calls for it. This show she kind of does a bit of both. I've been a big fan of her work since uh. Since uh, since I watched uh, Left Tribune, I was, actually no, I think I've been a fan of her work since I listened to them in Citrus because I listened to much of Margaret McDonald stuff back in the day, and now it's like it's kind of pretty cool. I really should check out more of it. And I, it's yeah. kind of funny we're talking about Margaret McDonald because I remembered. Uh, I kind of suggested uh, that Take On Me movie. Well, well, actually, no, I could probably cut that part out. Is that... Uh, what movie is that? Frag Time? Uh, no. no, Love Chinibio and Other Delusions Take On Me. Oh, okay. I, I got thrown by the uh, musical reference. Carry on. Aha. <laughs> yes, exactly. Aha. <laughs> I could probably cut that part out for reasons. But Margaret, Margaret knows how to toe the line with characters very easily. It's always a delight whenever I hear them in this performance. So, kind of visiting something so old school as this. Margaret's still very impressive by a long shot. Do wish, I do wish I could hear more of them someday, you know? I don't know if they're yeah. doing anything right now, but I hope they're okay. Seems like they had a period of time as the uh, It Girl at uh, Houston, so I'm sure it can happen again. Yeah, as a matter of fact, there was a period of time when she, she was at Funimation, too, like, the last couple of years. Okay. She she doesn't ring many bells for me that I can pull past performances from, but I am uh, impressed from what I've heard here. And yeah, I would be happy to see her in more in the future. In Texas stuff. But yeah. Uh, if there's nothing else, I think we can carry on into final thoughts. Uh, Jamal? Uh, my final thought is this. Uh, don't just go into the movie blind. Go into the franchise blind. Start out with the TV series first because otherwise the movie is not going to make sense to you entirely. You will just be lost very quickly. For what it's worth, it is a very good dub. It's a very spectacular dub. I'm sorry we're not covering the uh, Das Finale part of it. I did not know it was going to be six parts to that. Sorry, Mike Haimoto. Yeah. Hey, but hey, at least you gave <laughs> at least you gave me a reason to watch the series in the first place. Because 
And you mentioned Jackie Chan. It's all right with me. Not not in this yeah. not in this movie though, unfortunately. But oh, otherwise, is a very is a very solid franchise with a very good dub. It really builds a lot. I'm definitely gonna have to go back and see the Auntie Oh Girls Battle OVA yeah. just to get grasp a little more of the story. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned Jackie Chan because it is very much that kind of uh, comedy action flick. Like, sure, uh, things like uh, character and plot matter ostensibly, but you don't really need that stuff. You just need a little uh, nugget of motivation and some real good choreography and some action. Uh, like, I was going to compare it to uh, John Wick in uh, this regard. You know, someone killed Miho's dog. And now she's on a warpath. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of warpath, yeah. I think it's kind of a, a vicious thing because, well, for one thing, there are tanks battling all throughout the city, and two, they do more bat they do more damage than the Megazord battle in Power Rangers. It's like it's insane. Supposedly, they'll pay for replacements. The all the advisory board assures me of this. It's perfectly fine. We will refund you your damaged store and your lost goods. Don't you worry about a thing. It explains why that one guy was so happy his shop got damaged. Twice. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there are there are some callbacks to the series proper like that and the first Gloriana match that you would miss out on if you uh, went into the movie directly. But... Uh, who needs that further context? Just go in, have a good time. Uh, go watch this on the biggest screen and the basiest sound system you got. Uh, you're going to have fun with it. I don't get out of bed for less than a 9 out of 10. And this has been the holding pattern for uh, all of the episodes I've been on mic for. <laughs> but uh, if you would like to watch uh, Girls and Ponzer, the film, uh, the entire franchise, as well as... Uh, is available on uh, streaming on High Dive, as well as on Blu-ray from Sentai Filmworks in both English and Japanese. We are the Dub Talk Podcast. You can find us on YouTube or Spotify or Podbean, any place that uh, fine podcasts are sold. I myself use the an Android app called Podcast Addict, Addict to listen to this. Uh, if you like, if you like what we do and want us to keep doing it, you can sp- support us on our Kofi. Or on our Patreon, like these fine people. We have our $5 patrons of Megan's Mom and Dad, Michelle Travis, Nico Robin, but with Yowie Hands, and Victor Mayberoda. And our $10 uh, patrons of Anthony Brown, Carly Leskow, Crimson underscore Echidna, Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Julia W., Marissa Lenti, Lenti and Otaku Anthony. Uh, we stream on Twitch nearly every day, uh, twitch.tv slash dubtalkpodcast, if you'd like to join us live. Or you can find our VOD channel over on Dubtalk Gaming here on YouTube. You can get updates about all our goings on on Twitter. Jamal, you're also on Twitter, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Jamstar529. I'm on YouTube at Jamstar1. I've been talking about doing a solo podcast, but you know, life gets in the way sometimes. Maybe I'll finally get around to it this summer. Who knows? I'm an assistant editor for this podcast. A uh, couple more things to note, speaking of the podcast. Uh, we, as of this week, at the time of recording, we just released our Patreon episode for Listen to Bluebird. 
So possibly coming up soon by the time this is out, we should be in the middle of a uh, entry. Uh, we should be opening up entries for the next Patreon episode. It's September around there. Yep, it's time for the quarterly raffle. Yes, to which if you're a $10 member, you are eligible. Please make sure to read the rules regarding episodes. Uh, we decide what you get. And uh, in addition to episodes, uh, if you're one of those people who are watching this right now and you're thinking, wait a minute, this is not the movie. The movie is uh, two hours long. The runtime of this episode is much shorter. Please support your local your streaming services. Buy the Blu-ray DVD wherever anime is available. Cause at this, it's dirt cheap. Just do it. It's dirt cheap, man. Considering the way the world's going right now, physical media and streaming may all may be the only things you have left in the anime sphere. Yep. And uh, I'm Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Nine Claw Tiger. I stream on Mondays for our Twitch channel. Uh, for more str- fun strategic tank times, I've just finished a run through of Red Alert 2, a game where a leather clad Russian lady informs you you don't have enough money. It's a, it's a real fun uh, alt history time. And we have a lot of fun on uh, over on the Twitch channel. Uh, but yeah, I think it's uh, time for us to Panzervor on out of here. What do you think? Yeah, the entries already prime might as well. So thanks, oh. everyone. We'll see, uh, enjoy the rest of summer at the movies. We will see you next time. Otaku on, keep on shooting. Hit and run, shoot and run. Go 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 go! Please don't hit and run. <laughs> Please be respectful. Shoot and run. Yeah, please be respectful.